0: So, so, we're in for a treat. Dr. Susan Richards is going to come up and share with us. Yay. And I have it on good authority that a lot of angels travel with Dr. Susan Richards also. So, we welcome the angels as well that have come with Dr. Susan Richards and her team. And most of all, we, we honor you, Lord Jesus. And um, the miracles and the signs and wonders and the love that, that you work through Susan Richards and her wonderful team, and like Dr. Malou, we honor you and we welcome you and we look forward to receiving from you tonight. Come on up.
1: Well, this is so wonderful and, and such a happy time to be here with all of you. I love blazing fire. It's just a wonderful time. Every time that um, we're back here, it's so. It's it's just a time of happiness and a time of the Lord, and always a time of healing. So it's everything is kind of all together. So I just want to welcome all of you and and really a huge thanks to. Um, Pastor Russ and Pastor Dr. Susan, <laughs> who kind of does it all, and um, Brandon Suzanne, who are who are off away. So it's yeah, you know, it's re- we really enjoy your hosting us. It's a very special time. So um, I was wondering. I always like to find out if any of you have never been to any of our events, or is everybody here old friends? Anybody here totally new with us? Um, let's see, few people. So those people who are new, um, do you all know about the ministry? No, no, shaking heads, no. Okay, and the rest of you know about the ministry pretty well. So you could probably tell my story (laughs) as well as I could at this point. But for the new people, again, I always like to spend a few minutes because our ministry is so unusual, it's quite unique. So I'm trying to pare it down shorter and shorter, to not um, keep repeating to the people who've who been with us quite a few times. But for the new people, it's good at least to have a little background. So I'm going to try to hit just kind of the, the high points as, as I feel them from the Lord. Um, so I always ask if the people who are new know that I'm a doctor, and not because I'm here in a church, and usually doctors aren't at the, the pulpit. So you all know that? No, we have a no. <laughs> a couple no's? So I'm a doctor. I'm also a minister. So I come from the medical field. That's where I started. And then I was ordained. So we do what we do a medical ministry. That's, that's what we do. And as far as I know, we're the only one in the United States doing anything like this at all. It's quite unique. There are other doctors who, of course, not a lot of us, but there are other doctors who pray for the sick and who go on missions and things. But we have kind of a special thing that, that God's given us to do. So um, so I'm, I'm not from this area. I'm from the Bay Area, but I'm in Palo Alto. And, um, and just a, f- a very few things um, to share with you, just a little bit about my background, how God kind of moved me into this, is I, I had two major things that I was doing with a couple of other side things during my, my time of practice. Um, I was very attracted in the medical field to really loving on people, but kind of everybody. So I was, um, I was in, in the field doing both pediatrics and internal medicine. So I was seeing everybody from little babies up to 90, 100-year-old people, both men and women, and um, it, was, it was always a wonderful experience for me. I really love taking care of people of all ages, and you know both men and women, it's really a joyful thing, and very good for ministry, yeah, I always like to mention if we're too specialized in my field, we don't even remember what the muscles are anymore or what the bones are. You, you basically can't even function doing a ministry unless it's an eye ministry or a tooth ministry or something because we get very specialized. Um, the other thing, oh, anybody here from the medical field, I should ask? What well, What is your field? Oh, wonderful. Up here? In Fremont. Oh, wonderful to meet you. This is great. Uh huh. My is Oh, wonderful. Love it. That's great. Anybody else from the medical field? Yes. Great. Super. Anybody else? Anybody, anybody else from the field at all? Well, I welcome everybody, and, and it's wonderful to have you all here. So another um, the, the thing I was doing a lot of in my field was teaching. So I was um, spending a lot of time um, over at Stanford because I was part of their clinical faculty over there, part of their training faculty, which I started to do very soon after I got my boards. I got invited on to start teaching over there. And um, loved that. I was teaching junior, senior medical students, PAs, um, doing some resident um, lecturing, and uh, did quite a bit of that. Uh, spent a lot of time over there. Currently at Stanford, for the last five years, I'm part of their ministry. So I've moved from the medical center, and now I'm on the main campus. And I go to the medical center to pray for the sick, but I'm really there to do ministry for the... They now have me doing ministry for the students. So I, I do undergrads and graduate students. And um, the ministry at Stanford is all under what we call the Office of Religious Life, the, the different Christian couple Christian ministries and, you know, things of that nature that may not be quite like like we are in terms of religion. But um, we're usually there a couple times a week doing our ministry services and small groups and all kinds of stuff. So I've been doing that now for about five years and and really enjoy it. It's it's a lot more fun, (laughs) actually. And and I was doing teaching um, all over the West Coast not just of the students, but a lot of medical centers and hospitals were having me come on to train their doctors. So teaching was something I got very used to doing. I've been doing a ton of that. I was writing books. I was um, doing... um, Businesses were coming to me as a... You know, what they thought of as a medical expert to do um, consulting for them. So I was super busy. But mostly with my practice and mostly with teaching. And then I became ordained, and again mostly real fast, for those of you that are new, is I, I've done mostly a hospital ministry. So mostly I've been, I've been in the ICUs, um, the um, you know, pediatric, adult ICUs, burn units, um, you know, critical care units, and then open wards, like every part of the hospitals, and it's been hospitals all over the Bay Area. It's not just like a hospital or two hospitals. It's been a lot of different hospitals: Stanford's hospital, um, the Children's Hospital, um, the Veterans Hospitals like San Francisco and Palo Alto VA. Spent a lot of time in Kaiser Hospital, County Hospital, and private hospitals. So it's just been a lot of everything. And the the main thing that I've seen is God doing supernatural healing miracles that I never saw ever when I was in practice. I've never seen as a doctor minister what I saw as a... Well, I never saw as a doctor what I see as a doctor minister. As a doctor, I always had a wonderful time. I had great results with my patients. But when you're doing ministry, what you're seeing is very different because your expectation as a doctor is you really want to see your patients do well, have good outcomes... As a minister, what I like to see is there's no illness at all. It's like doctor God makes it disappear. That's very different. A miracle is very different than a great outcome as a doctor. That's where I would see what I consider a true miracle, that nothing's been done except the power and love of the Lord, and the disease just disappears. And a lot of the diseases I worked with were completely incurable. They were things where from the medical side in the hospitals the people are on life support and you know, some of them some of them do quite well and and I was working with people that were just impossible from the medical side to heal. They were some were very unique and unusual cases. I've seen that through the whole time, even working in the churches. I see normal, kind of regular illness and I see some really unusual things that only God could, could cure. What it's done for my faith has been incredible. My faith is, you know, beyond the, <laughs> beyond the roof in terms of, of believing in God's goodness and his love and that there's nothing that he can't heal. That's been the most wonderful thing for my faith is seeing God heal so many unusual things. In the hospital, I've seen the blind see, the deaf hear. I've seen God grow limbs out. I've seen him bring people back from the dead. And I've shown, I actually, one of my favorite cases I've actually shown here, which is a newer one, uh, of a 95-year-old woman that God brought back from the dead. And uh, Dr. Dr. Malou, let me introduce. This is Dr. Malou Cipriano. Her field is emergency room medicine. And then um, Jason, Jason Voll. I'm going to introduce Jason. He's with us. He's part of our team. Super, super awesome guy. Um, the 95-year-old woman... A lovely, lovely testimony. She became a believer at 93. So she hadn't been a believer very long. And um, she actually came to me from Dr. Malou, who's up in San Francisco, doing her medical work. And the woman passed away from a massive stroke. She had also already had high blood pressure and um, coronary artery disease. But she passed away, as she certainly had every right to do at age 94 this last year. <laughs> But Dr. Malou called me and asked if I'd pray for her. I'm in Palo Alto. The woman's in San Francisco. So I prayed for her. Malou added prayers, and the woman came back from the dead. And my favorite, my favorite thing is, is the pictures. Have any of you seen her pictures? Oh, you haven't? Oh, my goodness, had I known, I would have stuck some of those pictures in are wonderful pictures. The pictures I have of her are her reading the newspaper the day after she died. That's a really cool picture. <laughs> and she looks as happy as can be, and she's feeding herself, and she's just all relaxed and stretched out. You'd never know this woman had been dead. She looks fabulous, 95 years old, no droopy face from the stroke, no, no you know, crippled on one side, no speech impediment. And, um, and um, she got angry at Dr. Malou, who put her through another examination after she came alive, she couldn't, under, she couldn't understand why is this weird doctor asking me what my name is, like I don't know who I am. Why is she asking me where I live? It's like, what is, she just couldn't understand. She got real upset with her. So we've seen amazing things, and my, seeing people come back from the dead in the hospital was just the same way. They would come back very healthy. Again, I've always will say, I don't know how it's like for other people who pray for the dead. My experience is that God makes them really healthy. Yeah. I've seen many, many quadriplegics walk, get out of wheelchairs from um, God's healing prayer. Um, Again, blind see, deaf hear, crippled walk, limbs grow out, all kinds of stuff, impossible diseases. But God had to train me how to do this. I had not an idea. I started out just loving patients because I loved my own patients and, and creating relationship. But I didn't know really how do you pray for people like this. So God put me through kind of a residency internship training with him, and, and that's how I learned how to do all this. And um, so what else can I share? Um, God loves everybody, and as I've shared with you guys many times, but with the new people, I really want to make the point that God did not care if the people I prayed for were Muslims or Hindus, or Buddhists, or non-believers, or um, you know, atheists, or New Age, he loves everybody, and he healed everybody. And they would then come to him with love, knowing that he absolutely was the one who healed them and, and loves them. And, and the other point I want to make to people who are new is what I saw was that he will heal anything and everything at the time the person's getting prayer. They could be in the hospital because they're a stage four, failing cancer, or they fell off a roof, or whatever it is, or they have, you know, any any manner of of really bad illness. But God would heal everything. By the time they left the hospital, they were really in good shape. Um, relationships that didn't like each other were healed. People would be in love with each other again. Families would reconcile. Um, Sometimes he would um, heal the thing that wasn't as important first. Um, For example, the deaf and blind people, he would often heal the deafness and blindness first before he'd heal their life-threatening illness so they could see and hear again. So I saw a lot of that. I saw people in their late 80s and 90s get their hearing back, for example. It was very dramatic. So um, the other couple things real quickly... Um, is we do have a Facebook page. I have a personal one that's just my name, Susan Richards. But we have one for our ministry, which again has been God's, you know, it's been God's um, page. Um, when we started out, we started out with 10 people. And, and it grew really slowly the first few months, because I made it a medical page. Um, people were really bored with the page, and it didn't go anywhere. And then God told me he didn't want a medical page. He wanted a a page um, loving and honoring him, so I switched the page over and the page, went to a million two hundred thousand followers, and fifty sixty countries minimum million and a half per requests a year and um, and we 've had many many more million people than that on our on our page who and the shares are just thousands and thousands and thousands of shares because it 's god 's page, and um, it 's been a beautiful experience to to see both the hospital healings that he's done and his heart touching people who come from even social media. Um, the only other thing to share for you, those of you that are new is that we're, um, we have a ministry since 2016. So we're very much a new ministry. Um, we started out with 14 medical doctors who are ministry faculty. And um, the reason we started a ministry was because God wanted us to teach medicine to the churches. And not that, not that the churches or the doctors you know, have to have anything different than what they learn, but we're in a time where God really wants to blend all of this. And it was a very special thing um, because the doctors, we were 14 of us from different specialties. Um, again, this is just for the new people. But we had two oncologists who are Stanford um, um, cancer specialists. We had a research oncologist and a training oncologist. Um, a lovely doctor, Dr. Mudaka, who's from San Francisco, um, and she um, was was wonderful. She was coming to the churches as well and praying for people. Very very nice person. Um, a lot of the different specialties. Um, were part of our teaching team. It was really, really um, a lovely experience. We had orthopedic surgeon and pediatrician from Redding, California. We had an endocrinologist from Boise, Idaho. Just to give you some examples of the the teachers we had, um, some we had a pharmacist because we have a pharmacist here tonight, but she's not here tonight. She comes to some of our events. Her name's Sarah Sarah Eom. She's wonderful. I think you guys know Sarah. Sarah, are you here tonight? She comes here. This is her family church? Oh, I didn't realize this was, because I see her all the time. (laughs) I didn't realize this was her family church. Anyway, she's a wonderful person. I'm really fond of her. She was our one pharmacist who was a teacher. So that's kind of what what we were doing. And um, let's see, what else can I share? We started going into the churches. Um, after we started doing the teaching, we started actually teaching about a year and a half ago. And we saw all of the people we were training medically, how to pray for the sick, start to see all kinds of miracles. And these were even pastors like Sonny and Linda Lara, who um, I don't know if you guys, some of you know Sonny and Linda. And they've seen miracles, but they were seeing a lot more miracles now that they were being doctor preachers. And um, that was really fun. And then we started being invited to churches. We wouldn't be here today, Dr. Malou and myself and and Jason and anybody else in our team, had we not had God start to combine us all. And and so I love being in the churches, either teaching or um, healing. And here we've gotten to do both. We do an afternoon training session and then the healing at night. And then we do live stream, which is um, Jason and Dr. Malou have been doing that. And the live stream goes out to people all over the country. Um, every state in the union will come on our live stream because the people are sick. And they want medical and they want spiritual. And that's pretty much what we do. Um, do any of you have any questions? Um, happy to have... Yes. Well, my personal Susan Richards, the God page, which... I, I didn't realize it was going to be a God page that way or I would have given it a different name. But it's Dr. Susan's Healthy Living because I thought it was going to be a medical page. <laughs> I thought I was going to be sharing gluten-free chocolate chip cookie recipes. That, <laughs> you know, how to, how to live without... We were joking about this today. How to live without Snickers bars. <laughs> how to live without Milky Ways and Twixes, and, and how you should exercise if you're going to do any of that stuff anyway. So, um, so anyway, that's what we do. We, we have a wonderful time with it. And when I first went into ministry, God told me that there would be a revival coming to the Bay Area. Yes. He did not tell me when. He did not tell me where. He only told me it wasn't going to be in Palo Alto. That was the only thing that made me very sad, <laughs> was I had visions of Palo Alto being the center of revival. It's not even the center at all. <laughs> you just have doctors like me running around the Bay Area where we're really doing <laughs> the revival, like over here in this part of the Bay and the South Bay and the North Bay. But it's, it's a real blessing, and I love what we do. Um, we, we did bring some um, slides, and I, I was going to share a few testimonies with you all. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I need to share. Um, in terms of the ministry, oh, I did want to share a few things that are current. Um, we love your area. This is a wonderful area, and we've loved being with with Blazing Fire. It's just been an absolute joy. Um, we are going to be on the 29th at another church right near here called Resurrection Lutheran Church. The Lutheran churches are starting to invite us to the churches, even though, from what I understand, they don't believe in miracles. So, it's kind of an odd pairing putting someone like me or Dr. Malou in a church that doesn't believe in miracles. <laughs> but they're having us anyway. And we're going to be doing a special event for women at that church on the 29th. So, Dr. Malou and I are going to be, ex- we really want to share, because we think women could be better served in the medical field. I mean, what do we have for women? We have hysterectomies and we have synthetic hormones. And I'm not saying that stuff isn't any good, but there's a lot that you can do through the Lord. And also, number one is through God, and number two is through the part of medicine that isn't the drugs and the um, side effects of the drugs and the surgical procedures, but more of what we call integrative medicine. A doctor like myself is thoroughly trained and conventional, or you can't do the teaching stuff I've done, but it's impossible, but... Um, but Dr. Malou and I are very interested in integrative medicine as well. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to be to be doing because it gives us the opportunity to explain why these diseases occur, because we don't usually do that when people have their 10-minute medical visits. We don't have time to go into, you know, why do these things happen? What are the symptoms? How can we correct it? Um, when we pray into the imbalances that are chemical, hormonal And bring that to the Lord and ask him for correction of the symptoms. He does incredible healings. And then we like to do integrative, more natural healing because then you're supporting the good work of God. You're not eating yourself sick again or doing lifestyle-based things that are not going to serve you. So we're going to be doing that um, at Resurrection Lutheran. And we're also looking to do, in the next few months, because we do a lot of teaching um, like we did here today where it's much more to the medical side where we're explaining, um, you know, how the brain works, neurosciences, the endocrine system. So we go into a lot of detail. But it's very, very valuable because what we've seen in all the different churches that we've been in, just like our own program, was that people start to pray and they themselves get equipped. That's, in my perfect um, Ministry life, I'd love to see every one of you, if you are interested, praying for the sick and seeing miracles. Like, God can give every one of you the blessings of doing this. The more you learn, he likes to have people know about the body now. Why he does, I don't know why. But my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And if you look up knowledge and being destroyed for not having any in the Bible it's it's not just the book of hosea it's kind of in different parts of the bible god wants us to understand his creative work and he wants us to love and he, we're made in his image all that these things are doing is is we're coming more and more toward how god created us truly to be john 15 i am the vine and you are the branches so there's no difference between the vine and the branches he wants us to conform ourselves to him so the more we love, the more we have knowledge of his, his creation, the more we have faith and trust, the more we, we believe in him, um, the more we use the words of God, the more we put on the armor of the Lord, um, the more we get rid of the strongholds, the more, the more God can pour these blessings into us. So um, that's really what, what we're here to do. We're just here to equip all the different parts of the Bay Area with this work. So I'd like to read just a few passages. These aren't passages you all haven't read, but I was kind of in the mood tonight to just, I was feeling inspired, and I'm going to go into a few really awesome testimonies, but I was kind of in the mood to read a few things that are very relative to healing from illness. So here's one from Isaiah 43, 18-19. So what does God say? He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now that's beautiful. And it really speaks to illness. Because most people, when they're sick, and I say that as a physician who's now doing medical ministry... Most of us are buried in the old things. We're buried in the past. And illness tends to be very much chronic in most of us. For those of you that don't really know, we don't cure anything in the medical field. I don't know how many of you come here believing that we cure you. We don't cure a thing. We treat you. We manage your symptoms. We try to get you feeling better. We're very happy when we do that. (laughs) Sometimes we do it. Sometimes we're not very good at it. Cancer is one of the best examples. Everybody's hoping there's this cancer cure. We have no cure whatsoever for cancer. It doesn't exist. We have chemos, we have radiation, we have, you know, surgical procedures, devices sometimes. But do we cure you? We're happy to get you in remission. If we can get you in remission, that's a deal in itself. A lot of times we never get people in remission. If we get you intermission, can we guarantee you you're never going to get cancer again? That's a zero. Um, a lot of people then are free for a while, and they get recurrences. They get metastasis. They get new primaries. One man I prayed for this last year had four separate primary cancers. Talk about a miserable situation. Guy in L.A. who I was asked to pray for, and he had just gotten back from the hospital with sepsis. So here's a guy with four primaries, just gotten out of the hospital with sepsis. He was the most miserable, upset, angry guy you can imagine. He, he was miserable. His life was horrible. And um, so I was asked to pray for him and actually one of his relatives. It's a family with cancer. And, and it was really nice because I was asked to pray for him twice, and it was very significantly um, shifting in the Lord. Who cures cancer? is God who cures cancer. So I just want to make that Yes. Uh-huh, did you have a question? Amen. Oh, amen, I love it. I love it. And you can feel free to ask me a question, but amen is wonderful, because we're amening God. That's really precious. So um, um, let me read a couple other passages, and I don't want to give you a few testimonies to illustrate this. So um, here's another one that's very lovely, and we know there's a number of passages in the Bible that talk about Um, our covenant relationship with the Lord. And it looks at it from different aspects. So here's one I really like, Exodus 34.10. So here's God. I am making a covenant with you. I will work wonders that have never been created in all the earth in any nation. That's what God's doing in his covenant with you. Then all the people with whom you're living will see how tremendous God's work is the work I'll be doing for you. Now, is that loving and caring of God to tell each and every one of us who believes enough to read Exodus 34.10 that he is creating a covenant relationship, a personal relationship with you, and, and he's going to create a wonder, a wondrous work that has never even been done on the earth before, never existed, and it's for you isn 't that amazing that he loves you so much and that everyone will see it and they 'll see god 's special, beautiful creation for each and every one of us and again, just like the one I just read about don 't dwell in the past, again, this is a very reinforcing um, passage, verse from the Bible, because you know I take it even that what we 're all doing together now. We've never had this done. We've never had a revival where a big part of it, first of all, we've never had a Bay Area revival like this. The godless center of the United States having a big Christian revival. I mean, this isn't something that people even think is possible in this godless place that we all live in. And here God is doing a big revival. And how can he ever combine the medical field with ministry where they've had nothing in common at all? Medicine, which is a totally atheist field for the most part, very secular. When I was in medical school, we never heard the word miracle. We never heard the. I never heard the word love ever. I never. Um, we weren't encouraged to um, bond with the patients. It's all technical, technical, technical. And as far as I knew, I was the only student I could come up with in the whole medical school I was at that would go six in the morning or midnight or any time and just spend hours with patients. I was so hungry for that. That's what made my medical education worthwhile. And that's what I did in practice, and that's what I do as a minister. And so, But we have tremendous knowledge. Our knowledge is phenomenal. Our treatments are, you know, they're not zero, but they're not ten. They're kind of in between. And then we have these wonderful churches where the hearts are just bursting with love And the faith and trust is incredible, and 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 they're really leading the church family into inner healing and and um, just tremendous, wonderful giftings from the Lord. But we all have things that the other doesn't have. The the um, we don't have hearts, and (laughs) we're like these cold little robots. (laughs) And the the, um, the the churches don't have the knowledge we have. They have all the hearts but they don't know how the body works. So I think it's very beautiful that God's putting us all together. And I think in a couple of years we're going to see a ton of people in the Bay Area from all these churches around that are incredibly anointed and gifted. We're going to see phenomenal miracle healings all over the area. That I, I feel very strongly about. That's kind of why I'm pulled toward these. Um, pulled toward these. I think what I'll do, since I'm covering a few of these, I want to share a few testimonies with you. That, that are really precious to me. One of them, I think I shared with, how many of you are from today? And then there's a bunch of you that aren't. So I apologize for repeating a testimony from today, but it's very special to me. So um, this was a, a testimony of a girl that I was asked to pray for who um, who is, she's in her 20s and she's in very poor shape medically. This is a cancer patient. She's got, like, one of the very worst brain cancers that exists. She's got a cancer called glioblastoma multiforme, and it's just aggressive, horrible, incurable, nasty cancer. And and you just, it's just really a bad news cancer. It's horrible. So um, I was contacted by her family and by family friend, and they said they were going to bring this girl to be prayed for by me, and and I I welcomed it. I love I love to pray over cancer. I love seeing it just get crushed. It's so much fun to see God. God take away cancer. No chemo, no radiation. Yes. Yay, yay, yay. No nothing except God. That is really a joy. No surgery, no nothing. I can give you wonderful, I have one. I'll give you another, a couple other of these testimonies. Hers is really special. I'll give you a couple more. So, um... I love sharing these testimonies. So anyway, the, everybody was very serious, horrible cancer. She had already had brain surgery. They had already cut open her head, did surgery on her. She had had radiation. She had had chemotherapy. And I just knew she was in really bad shape, but I didn't know a lot more. And I wasn't getting a lot of close-on communication from the family. So when they brought her, I didn't actually know it was her. I didn't realize there would be so many family members coming. So they brought a bunch of the family, you know, aunts, uncles, um, parent, um, sisters. It was a whole bunch of them. And um, so it was was a really um, amazing experience. The girl was very sweet. She was in a wheelchair, kind of zoned on out. You know, her brain was affected because she's got this very bad cancer. And so... um, so I, I prayed for her, but I didn't actually realize it was kind of the same person that I've been hearing all these things about. Um, now, the one, the one thing that I wasn't aware of was that she, the day that I saw her, she was told she, she was going to die that day. So that's bad news. So, um, so she was given up to 14 days, and then the door comes down, and you're gone. And so this, I didn't realize when I was praying for her that it was all the same person. (laughs) And she was so sweet, she drew a little picture for me that I shared earlier that was on blue paper with with a joyful little girl saying, stay positive. And here she's been told that she's going to die that day or she's got a 14 days max and, and that's it. Totally unhealable, incurable, horrible cancer. So I prayed for her very deeply, and I was praying for everybody who was at the event. And then when everybody was going to leave, I went up to the family, and this is what I told them, not knowing about her death sentence. I told them, go get medical work done, go get medical treatment, whatever you want to do. But I said, don't ever listen to what we tell you. I said, don't listen to what your doctors say. I say, all we're going to tell you is bad news. I said, if you want to hear bad news, we're the people, <laughs> listen to us. But I said, don't listen to us. I said, listen to God. I said, if you want to listen to something, listen to God. Get all the medical treatment you want. But in terms of, of how you consider things, go to God. So the next thing I hear is week after week going on. This girl doesn't die. And not only does she doesn't die, she's getting healthier and healthier, So she, so obviously she was starting to listen to the right person or the right, the right, the right source, and she's still alive and she just keeps getting back, keep getting updates. A friend just emailed me in the last week. She's alive. She's getting better. It's a wonderful testimony to the Lord. So again, I'll say this over and over again: Go get your medical work, get your drugs, get whatever you want. Just don't listen to us. <laughs> listen to the Lord. You'll do better. <laughs> so another another one because you guys are interested in you know the no surgery. So um so oh, I've got so many of these cases. I'll tell you a case. that's a fellow who comes to our um, who comes quite often to our ministry events. He's a he's had cancer three different times. He's had head, neck, throat cancer. That's bad cancer. And he's had prostate cancer metastasized and then prostate cancer metastasized. He's had cancer three different times. He goes to Stanford all the time, and that's, you know, that's where he goes and gets his treatment done. So he, the first time he had radiation, one of the things they did was radiation therapy, and he ended up hypothyroid because they're radiating his you know, head and neck. And he end and then prostate, they end up radiating that area, and he ends up with a lot of radiation damage to the whole bladder pelvic area. He's not happy. The third time he goes over to Stanford, and they're not um, getting real, you know, great results with his cancer coming back again. So he said one of his he had a whole team of you know cancer specialists. And he said one of the team came up to him. This was kind of a funny story to me. And the, and the guy said, why are you wasting your time with us? He said, go get some prayer. He said, you're going to do better with prayer. And, and he was, his name's Christian. He, he, uh, do you guys know Christian? Any of you? He, he comes often to our ministry events. He's a great guy. I am really, really li- like him a ton. He's wonderful. So, um, so anyway... The guy tells him, go get some prayer. He said, we're quacks, he said, compared to what prayers might do. That's what the doctor told him. Does that give you confidence in your doctor? (laughs) Telling you that he's a quack and (laughs) prayers are better? (laughs) So Christian said, I better think about this really hard. So his his sister turns out to have been one of our students. Her name is Liz. And uh, do do you guys know her? I hear all these ahs. <laughs> so I'm wondering maybe you guys know them. He could easily show up here and he, he was actually with us in Moraga last night. Very nice guy. So anyway, um he, he takes us in and he says, Who's that doctor who prays that you that you were taking class from? And she she gave her my name and she said or gave him my name and she said, Go look her up. And um so he he came to our ministry event. And, of course, God being God, his cancer just totally disappeared. That was the end end of the cancer. And um, he's totally cancer-free, very happy. But I want to make a point with him, which is that God can give you the biggest miracle of your life, and he loves to do that, but he also is a progressive God. And if you have these big miracles, don't use it as an excuse to stop getting prayer. I always say this to people. God wants us to be with him till the day he takes us away. He doesn't want you to stop getting prayers because he gave you a miracle. A lot of times he'll give you a progressive miracle, and a lot of times he'll give you an instant miracle. And what happened with Christian was really interesting because the cancer goes away, and he just never wants it to come back. He said, I never want to go through that again. And then he, um, what happens is he keeps coming to our ministry, and he, it turns out the more I learn about him, he's got a lot, of, a lot of other medical issues. So he wasn't sleeping well. He was very depressed. He has a lot of risk for um, heart disease. He's got triglycerides over 800. Do you all know how terrible that is? It's a horrible read. You should be down 100, 199 at the, the most. But under a hundred, even he's at over eight hundred. His HDL, which protects you, is terrible. It's really low, and his LDL is really high, and he's he's on the border of diabetes. And so the rest of him definitely needed some work. So he keeps coming and getting prayers, and again, God keeps doing what He does. So he just went ahead and got a whole lot of lab work. Every single test is normal. Isn't that good? His his triglycerides have gone from the 800s down into the 100s. Very nice reads. His HDL is up. His LDL is down. Everything looks great. He's sleeping really well. He said he only needs four hours of uh, sleep a night, and he's got lots of energy. He's very happy and joyful. He loves sharing this story. If he were here tonight, he'd make sure everybody in this room knew his cancer story. (laughs) He wants everybody to know it. It's really funny. And um, so he's just a joyful, happy guy who, who has continued to work with the Lord. And the cancer was the first thing, but God just keeps taking care of everything else. That's a wonderful thing that God did. Um, another wonderful cancer testimony, before I move on from that, is a um, a woman with another cancer called multiple myeloma. Any of you guys heard of multiple myeloma? It's not your everyday cancer. And um, this woman's in her 90s, so you're not at the best condition necessarily to get rid of cancer. So multiple myeloma is a really nasty cancer. It affects your immunity in the immune system itself. It affects your plasma cells. They become cancerous. And then what happens is you can no longer fight infections. So you can have infection after infection after infection. It sends you into kidney failure. And the other thing that it can do is you can get bone lesions and it can break all your bones. It's a pretty nasty disease. I've, I've had a number of these patients come, and I've been very happy with the, the healing that God has given. And here's a woman who's in her, in her 90s, and God, God's given her a magnificent healing from this condition. And now her family wants me to help her with her lifestyle. It's like, okay, you know, don't worry about the cancer, we want to, mom needs to, you know, she needs to put weight on, we want to get her exercising again, so now that's what they want, it's like, okay, forget about the multiple lymphoma. we have more important things, (laughs) we got to get weight on mom, she lost a lot of weight with this disease, so I'm working with her diet, Um, we got her exercising, I've got her deep breathing, I've got her smiling, how many of you guys know that when you smile, you boost your immune function? You guys know that? Every time you have a big, huge smile on your face, you get bursts of chemicals like dopamine, which are reward chemicals. They speed you up, they give you happiness and joy, and, um, and your immunity gets better, your mood gets better, your energy builds in your body. A simple, dumb thing like smiling, which the, the devil cannot stand you smiling, he wants you frowning. <laughs> If he gets you frowning, he can keep you sick. You smile, you really got him. (laughs) Because when you smile, he's miserable. He wants you miserable. When you're miserable, you got a happy devil. (laughs) Think about it. So the more you smile, the more the devil is totally miserable. Think about it. I have her deep breathing because she wasn't exercising. So when I see her, she deep breathes and she smiles. And I got her on a good diet, and she's doing very well. She had problems like tachycardia and other things, and they're all going away. And she's in her 90s, and um, I think that's pretty cool to get rid of a really bad cancer like that. So why don't we go ahead and look at um, a few of these, and let's see what we have. So this is a very nice testimony. This is a girl that I've just seen recently. And you can, again, what does she have on her face? A smile, and um, let me share her testimony with you. Very nice girl. She just graduated from college, and she she she's a single mom taking care of a little a little child, son. So she's she's got her hands full. She's working. She's a mom, and she's sick. This girl is very ill. That you're looking at. She's got um, a number of autoimmune diseases that are not happy diseases, but she's smiling. So there's got to be a reason she's smiling, so um, she didn't come in smiling. So this this very nice girl um, has some diseases. You pro- one you've probably heard of, one you might not have. Um, she has ulcerative colitis, and um, very bad case of it. You all have heard of that, right? Nobody hasn't. So you all know that you everybody's got a colon the lower intestinal tract, and it's our last part of the intestines before we eliminate. So when you have ulcerative colitis, what happens is you get ulcers throughout all the colon. Yeah. So the colon breaks down, the, the lining of the colon, you're ulcerated, you start bleeding. You can have a profuse bleeding You get diarrhea, you get abdominal cramps, you get mucus. It's a very nasty disease. This girl could not eat. She said she's been living on water. And uh, one of the other guys I've, I've been showing his testimony, same thing, living on water and juice. They're all trying to avoid things like a colostomy, where they cut your colon out, and they give you a plastic bag to go to the bathroom in. That's what happens with this stuff. And, and you've lost your colon. So we don't want that. We want God to protect you. So that was her first issue. She pains. She can't eat. She's miserable. The second thing, she has a, a very rare disease called erythema nodosum. Any of you guys know erythema nodosum? No. It's quite rare. It's not your you know daily flu or cold. So what is erythema nodosum? It's autoimmune, and it means that you are... Um, that you are attacking your own healthy tissue, and you are getting inflammation. Every autoimmune disease is inflammatory. A lot of you might have these things, but you might have different kinds. If any, any of you have eczema, that's an autoimmune disease. You get inflammation of the skin. Psoriasis, same thing. Pemphigus, another autoimmune disease of the skin. Um, rheumatoid arthritis, of course, is... Autoimmune fibromyalgia, type 1 diabetes, Graves' disease of the thyroid, um, multiple sclerosis, ankylosing spondylitis of the spine, celiac disease—these are just some examples. So hers was um, was um, erythema nodosum. Now that affects the lower body, and what it does is that you destroy, you start destroying your legs, and what happens is you get these inflammatory Horrible nodules that arise from, from within up into your skin, and people end up with nodules. And it, it can arise from the fat and different layers, and these things are inflamed, and they're very painful, and there is absolutely no cure. There's no cure for erythema nodosum. And I've prayed for it with people who've had it for 30, 35 years. God can heal anything. The, this this girl also had poor sleep. She was having panic attacks, tachycardia, rapid heartbeat, and she was worrying all the time. She's sick. She can't eat. She's got a kid. She's got her first job working, graduated from from, from school. She's got a lot on her mind. So I prayed for her and didn't, you know, I never know if I would see somebody again, but she shows up. Um, within a couple of weeks, she comes real early to our ministry event, and what is she doing? Wow. She's smiling. So something's happened. So what happened with her? She said, first of all, the ulcerative colitis. She checked that off her list. God healed her. She's she's back. She's back eating again. Isn't that really special? So she can eat. She said the erythema nodosum. No. What the Artheimonodosim did was she was having these things that are the size of golf balls all over her legs. Imagine growing a lot of golf balls coming out of your legs. Big, huge golf balls like structure. She said on the one leg every every one of these golf balls completely disappeared. She said on the other leg they've just shriveled up. And then and she said, I want to come back for another prayer because she said, I still want to work on my mind and my mood. She said, I want to do more work on that, and I want to just get the last of the little golf balls gone, but the others are gone. She, she was like 85 90% there. She said, there's a little more I want to work on. And so, so I, um, I have some really happy pictures of her. She was really in a good mood. So I just wanted to share her testimony, because for being 21 years old, that's some heavy stuff to have to deal with. And God, he's always faithful, and he just did a wonderful job with her. Um, no more pain. Let's see. Let's go to the next one. And um, this is Dan. Again, I, I always add, any of you know Dan? He's a wonderful man. He's from the, um, he's from the North Bay, and um, he, he introduced himself to me a few months ago. And um, so he goes to one of the churches that's up in the, in the North Bay, Very nice man, but a very hard medical history. So you can see again, he's he's smiling. He looks really joyful and happy. Really good, um, nice picture of him. Anyway, his medical history was, I don't know what he is. Maybe he's around 70, early 70s, late 60s or something. He's been sick since he was one years old. So what you're looking at is a man who's been sick for his entire life. He's never not been sick. So... He, um, what he's sick with is he, hes in. Um, well, his the structure of his body is just completely broken down. When he was one years old, he started to have inflammation, and he started having issues like allergies and you know childhood illnesses. He said he's never been well. By the time he was a teen, he said every joint in his body and every muscle was in constant pain, and he said he's never been any different. This man has had about forty surgeries. How would you all like to have 40 surgeries? He's had, nobody's sick in their head Yes, he's had, four, he's had seven surgeries on his neck alone. He said the doctors have fused him from C2, C3, C4, C5, C6. So they fused all the bones of his neck so he can't move. He has absolutely no range of motion. He's like fixed and rigid, like literally like a robot. And he said he's had surgeries on his mid-back, his low back, his knees. Um, and since I've known him, which has been a few months, during this time he had a carpal tunnel surgery. I got to look at the scar. And, um, and he went and had... He got really excited. He thought stem cells might help because he could barely walk. So he went to a, um, a clinic that was doing stem cell treatment, And he said he had stem cells injected in both of his knees. He had very high um, expectations. He said that he kept emailing me on Facebook and saying, I know my knees are going to get better. I know I'm going to get better. I know I'm going to get better. He gets the stem cell treatments, and he says he gets worse. It's so sad. He said he was in more pain than ever. He said they gave me so many shots. He said, I feel terrible. So his church is one of those churches that we do this kind of training in, like we were doing here this afternoon. And I hadn't really had a chance to pray into him, but we were at the church, and Dr. Malou was there, and I was there, and Ann Hurst and her husband Mike. There were four of us from our ministry. And and we were doing a training. And so, you know, we're teaching, teaching, talking. Now this man, just to give you a little more information, he lives on narcotics. So he's been on dr- heavy-duty drugs like morphine like, his, like for years. You know, They'll just flip him around to some different drugs, but he's constantly... What he, what he says, I'm on narcos. That's what he says about himself. He says, I live on narcos. And he has a neurostimulator implanted in his back. And the neurostimulator is there because his legs are so weak that he needs the electrical stimulation so he can just move. And he said that he turns it up four times higher and uses it four times longer than you're supposed to, and and he says nothing helps. He just throws up his hands. Um, but he said if anybody had to live one day with what I live with, you couldn't bear it. That's what he said to me. No one could bear the life I live. And this man's a very hard worker. He's a Christian. Um, he's a business person and very special man though very nice so anyway we're at the we're at the church and and teaching and doing some praying at the same time and all of a sudden he notices that all the pain in his shoulders disappears wow. like it's gone he said i don't know what to figure then he said piece by piece by piece the rest of the teaching time every bit of pain goes away except his knees he said, where they gave me all those shots, I still had 20% pain in my knees. He was real grumpy about the, the shots. <laughs> but the rest of him, that was all perfect. He's completely off his drugs, by the way. No more, no more narcos. Nothing. So at the end of the, um, the, the healing time, what we noticed was the one thing that really looked messed up on this guy was this is his hands. His hands are big, huge hands, and they're, they're like blocks of concrete. Um, and I made my way over him, and Lou made her way over, and Ann Hurst. And so I start working with his hands. And I look at the hands, and I feel them, and there's no tissue there. There's no muscle. There's no ligaments. There's only concrete. Literally, it's what I felt like I was touching, was a stone. So I, I prayed into those hands, and I prayed into I had to do this, I prayed, into every little joint because I, I had to get these things so they could bend again. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do this. This is what he could do. So at the as I'm working on him, Anne is watching, and she said the blood just squirted down into his hands. He was totally gray with no circulation. All of a sudden, he's got circulation. Look at his picture. You're seeing circulation. The guy's pink. So So God squirts blood down into his hands, and at the end, he's doing this, he's doing this. I, I have a few minutes left before they, we get chased out of the church. This, this, he can do both hands. And he has this cute little dog. It's a, a little toy poodle named Guai-Guai. And it turns out, like father, like, like son, The the dog is crippled too. And the dog has arthritis, and he can't run up and down steps. And Malou is just totally falling in love with the dog, and she's hugging him and kissing him and taking care of him. And then I give him pets and hugging him and stuff. So the next day I hear from Dan, and he said the dog ran up and down the steps all, like, all the time now. And like him, the dog couldn't go up and down the steps. So we've got, like, father, like son. They're both running up and down the steps. (laughs) And, um... he just, it's really cute. He just sent me a video of the dog running up and down the steps. And um, he had to go to the Far East. He had a trip to Asia going to Macau and um, I guess Hong Kong. And um, I didn't think he'd ever make it on an airplane at, the, at how bad he was doing. He got on the airplane after the healing and he kept in touch with me and, and Malu too, I think, didn't he? He kept in touch with us um and and when he got back it was like nothing had ever happened he was in great shape it was beautiful and the dog's flipping around and wagging its tail its happiest little dog you ever could see and he's had a wonderful healing and with that kind of terrible medical history he'd be a zero he was already a decades-long zero and look what god does it's so beautiful so, by the way, this, he's also, he's come to a couple of churches that we do, and he's, and he's bragged about this at the churches. The dog comes, he comes, he shows off. He's, it's really been a beautiful thing. So uh, let's see what we have next. So um, uh, this is another, oh, gosh, we got a lot of cancers. So um, I pray for people. I do want to make the point that I pray for people all over the country. It's very special. I get to do proxy um, Proxy things, local things, it's is pretty amazing. And um, what I want to make a point of with the Lord is that, and I've seen this with many different illnesses, doesn't matter what it is, EB virus, infectious mono, um, cancers, spinal stenosis, God can not only heal the person, but he can heal your labs. So I thought this would be a, a cool testimony because I've seen him take disease off of your lab tests. So the doctors just freak out because where's the, where's the cancer? <laughs> we know it's there. So anyway, um, uh, this is a case with, with um, thyroid, di- diagnosed thyroid cancer. And again, these are amazing things that I've seen God do. If you've got, I don't know, any of you got thyroid disease in here? It's really common. Millions of people have it. And so you can have hyper or hypo. I don't know if any of you have nodules. But a lot of times the nodules in the neck are—they're are, cold. They don't—they're not active. They're not cancerous. Doctors just watch them. But when they're cancerous, we see changes on the scans. Like a typical thyroid cancer will be hot. What it will do is we'll see blood streaming into the nodules, streaming into the nodules. It's a sign of cancer. A benign disease we don't see that. So this was an interesting case of of prayer where there was no wish to have surgery or, you know, suppression of the, you know, the tissue, nothing. So anyway, um, that was my job, was to pray to get rid of the cancer. So I, so I prayed, and then um, the doctors looked back, the endocrinologists looked back to see what was on the scan, and all of a sudden the circulation had disappeared from the nodules, it's like God just shut it off. Imagine where he just takes a little shut off and he just, it's over. And the doctors couldn't understand. They just said, where's the cancer? We know it's here. We, we hear the where's the cancer <laughs> a lot. <laughs> like, we know it's here. Where is it? So anyway, um, this patient was passed around to different doctors, and they couldn't find any cancer. It was an extremely distressing because it was always, we know it's there, we know it's there, we've seen it, and it's, it's not there. And, and finally, the, what happens is we just have to f- throw in the towel and just say, okay, you don't have it, and that's the end. So let's see, what's the next picture? Oh, I, you know, I'm going to share one other quick testimony before. I'm, this is a very nice testimony. But I'm going to share one other about God doing this. We have a, a, a woman in our ministry who's actually a chiropractor. Her name is Carol. She's a really nice woman, and um, she has spinal stenosis. It's cervical, and it's totally demonstrated on imaging, and you can see the stenosis. You can see you know, the deformity and everything, and she had seen it, and she's a chiropractor, so she's seen a lot of this. And her, the radiologist said you've got spinal stenosis. The orthopedic surgeon, it was all pre-diagnosed, and she was supposed to have surgery. She didn't want surgery. I don't blame her. But she also had a lot of symptoms that related to having impaired spinal function, spinal cord function, compression of the nerves and spinal cord in your upper body. She was quite uncomfortable because you can get neuropathies, you can get numbness, tingling, you can get weakness um, of the arms. I prayed for a lot of people who who by the time I prayed for them, they had already had the surgery, they're in wheelchairs, or are in the hospital, they're really struggling. Um, and you're struggling when you have the condition. So she, she didn't want it, she's one of our students, she's a wonderful woman, she's a chiropractor, she doesn't want to have this. So she said, please pray for me, and I did, and she went back to the neurosurgeon, he examines her, he looks at the scans, he said, you have no spinal stenosis at all. He said, there's nothing to do on you, and he discharged her. And um, she's a wonderful woman. She's actually prayed um, at churches, even like Convergence House of Prayer on the prayer team. Wonderful. Not theirs, but ours. Anyway, I just thought she'd be a cool testimony to share. Now, this is a woman. Wait a minute. Go back. <laughs> you almost saw my, my last patient. So go back to the woman in the sweatshirt. So, whoops, we're, there we are. Now, again, big smile. So I like to share sometimes things that are very biblical because anything that's emotional and of the heart and feeling is very much of the Lord. God's first commandment isn't, um, I, I pray against liver cancer. His first commandment is love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. He definitely wants us to be healed. He will heal us. All these cases I've been sharing is the God-creating miracle healings. But, this, but I also like to share when people's hearts and their minds and their feelings are wounded as well, because everybody has this. If you've never had it, you are Jesus, and I welcome you here tonight. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> present yourself to all of us, because <laughs> I want to see you. But the rest of us are people, and we all have our little upsets and our, our depressions and our anxiety. And our fearfulness and our resentments, our unforgiveness, think our angers. Think of the, the list, it's endless. So but God wants to elevate us. That's why so much of the word is about healing our minds and hearts so many different ways with God. So this was in Salinas, where we were just in the just not long ago at all. We were there in December. And um so God, it's just a month ago. So anyway, um, we had a wonderful time. We were The um, church that we were in on Saturday um, was a church that was um, pastored by um, Chris Peterson, who is the chaplain of the biggest church in the whole region. So he's the chaplain of the church, but he also ran, chaplain of the hospital, but he also ran the church. Super nice guy. And then the second day, we were in the Vineyard Church. Salinas Vineyard Church, and they wanted us to teach them, and they wanted us to pray for their sick. And we were this was the first night, and um, we're doing our service. We had, we had done a, a training event, and then we went on to do a service. And all of a sudden, Ann was with us, and Malou was with us, and Mike again, the, those, four, those four of us. And um, so a letter starts getting passed up through the chairs, to Anne first, and then Anne took the letter, kind of glanced at it, passed it on to Dr. Malou, and then Dr. Malou passed it up to me, and I'm at the, the pulpit, and I look at this thing, and I couldn't spend a lot of time on it, but, but it's pretty negative. It's, it's saying from, from the woman that she has been tormented by the enemy, that she is really having a horrible life, the enemy is torturing her. She has no friends. Nobody loves her. She doesn't have the job she wants. She doesn't drive the car she wants. And she said, I'm being tormented and tortured. It's like she described it like being in an iron cage that the enemy had locked her in. So that was what, I didn't even know who it was. I just, this letter comes up. And, and I didn't know who it belonged to. I just thought, wow, this is, something needs attention. So at the end, a man had come up who had Parkinson's disease. You guys all know Parkinson's? So he was in—he's about 80 years old, and he was very weak from the Parkinson's. He spent the whole time, we're doing ministry like this. He had his head on the table and just had his head down, and at the end, the three of us made our way over to, to visit with him and pray for him, and this woman comes up, and she sits between the man and me, And just sits there. I didn't know who she was. And we start praying for the guy with the Parkinson's who's very weak and very frowny and very unhappy from being so sick with the illness. But by the end of the prayer, he's really looking great. He squeezes my hand. He takes Dr. Malou's hand. He gives her a big squeeze. And he's radiant and smiling. And he actually walks out really well. You know, we're looking at him and he looks great. Now it turns out the woman with us is the woman who'd written the letter about the torture from the enemy, and and um, but by that time God was starting to heal her, and she gave us all big hugs, and she was uh, like a completely different person, and she wasn't even from Selena, she was from uh, Monterey, and she I don't know how she heard about the service, but she said I'm here because she said, I'm so desperate, and I need healing. So she came the next day to the Vineyard Church, and we had a wonderful time. She had a great time being prayed over yet again. And this is how she was at the end. She's smiling. Look at that big, huge smile. There's no iron cage. She said, this was a wonderful experience. She says, I don't think the enemy's at me anymore. She said, I had a great healing in the Lord for this. She said, I feel wonderful. And she says, I'm really going to be focusing on, you know, my relationship with God now. It was really a beautiful thing. And, and she said, anytime you guys come back down again, I'll come over from Monterey and just get some more healing. But this is a very joyful kind of a healing because it's very much God's kind of healing. Because it's not, you know, it's not physical. It's, it's truly her heart, her mind, her thoughts, her feeling. And I love that this is how it ended up for her. Very nice. And I want to go to my last case. And there he is. And he's my favorite little patient. And have any of you seen him before? He's new. So you're looking at a 107-year-old dog. He's 107. Look how he looks. now. Now we should look like him at 107. <laughs> if we look as good. Now look at look what he's doing. Does he look interested in something? He, he's interested in all the food there. So the funny thing is I've shown the picture a few times. This was over the holiday and everybody asked me if I'm going to bring the turkey back to life. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm going to pray life back into the turkey. <laughs> that just cracked me up when I heard that. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Praying for the dead turkey and it come back to life. So I thought that was funny. Anyway, look at his face. You can tell he's really interested in those leftovers. What you're looking at, I prayed twice over this cute little dog. And the first time I prayed over it, for two totally different things... One is the dog when he's 100 years old, which is just last year. He he has chronic pancreatitis. So you're looking at a very sick dog. The person with chronic pancreatitis is really sick. So here's a little dog with chronic pancreatitis. And um, so anyway, um, he's also a food addict. So you're looking at a foodaholic. And so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that 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 look says it all. <laughs> I mean, if we should look at that with chronic pancreatitis, we we're too sick to do anything like he's doing. So anyway, his family was—they love to have parties—and he's sitting on his mom's lap. You can see, you know, that his mom is with him. We he unfortunately the we don't have her full body in the picture, but very nice woman. She's a wonderful cook. She's a, she's a good friend of mine actually. And um, so they were having a lot of celebrations um, in the in the old year, which is now three weeks behind us. And um, they were having parties and get-togethers and all kinds of, of food that they shouldn't be having, actually, because it was all sugar, and it was all desserts, and it was all everybody's bringing their favorite desserts and having a great old time. And we're all visiting, and, you know, the cheese and the cookies and the candies and everything's going around. Nobody paid any attention to the dog. In the meantime, the dog is having the most fun of anybody. He's eating up all the chocolate candies. (laughs) He's eating all the chocolate chip cookies. The layer cake's going down. The pizza's going down. I mean, this dog ate everything and anything, and he did it till he collapsed. Literally, by the time the dog had stuffed himself to the brim, the dog collapses and the mom who also happens to be in the healthcare field she says i think my dog is finally dying so she calls she begs me to come over i come flying over i love the little dog and he's lying on his side in complete misery and he's throwing up all the time and his his abdomen is heaving up and down and he's weak looking and he won't even look me in the eye and usually we're best friends so i laid hands on him and I prayed for him. God gave him an instant healing. It was amazing. The dog stands up, no more throwing up. And you look at how he looks. Does he look, what, do you give him one years old? He doesn't look 107 years old or 100 years old. So he was in great shape. And what did the family do? They locked up every single dessert and put it under lock and key <laughs> so this dog couldn't get at it. So he's on a healthy diet. That has not been a problem again. But he did get like a pneumonia, kind of a a lung infection. And this was just before the holidays. And I got called over again. And this time, he's throwing up phlegm. And his little chest is wheezing and heaving up and down. He's on his side again. He's not looking at me. And he's coughing constantly. This is a whole other disease. But I lay hands on him, and I pray for him. Instantly, the coughing stopped, the phlegm stopped, the heaving stopped, and just like before, he gets up, and it's like nothing's ever happened. And, and given his age, because now he's heading toward 114 dog years, not human years, he'd be thousands of years old. <laughs> but anyway, here he is after coming through that terrible infection, and look at the look on his face. He's real active and energetic and looks great. And and I thought he would be a really fun one to end with. I've seen so many um creatures be healed. I've seen horses get healed, dogs get healed, cats get healed through prayer. And um God loves all of our little creatures just like he loves us. And I thought he was such a nice picture that I did with him. And that's pretty much the end <laughs> of what I was going to show you all tonight. Anyway, Anybody have any questions? Because Dr. Malou and I are going to start to pray here, and we're going to spend the, I guess, except for Pastor Ross here.
0: (laughs) Just going to add to that. Thank you. Everyone express appreciation to Dr. Susan for prayer. Thank you so much. So for those that were waiting for prayer, I just want you to know the... Holy Spirit was, is already here, has been here. In fact, as, as Dr. Susan's been sharing, the, uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So I just encourage you to, to, to just receive right where you are as well. There'll be, there'll be time for prayer, but I just, I just want, you don't have to wait. Just the faith that's being built up because of these stories about God's goodness doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you're a dog or a human. He still, he's, he's, he still cares. He cares about all his creation, about God's goodness, about his power to, to heal things that seem impossible in the natural. So just, I just want you to marinate on that for a bit. Just, that's, why, that's why Dr. Susan was sharing these things, is really to build your trust and faith in Jesus healing you too, and healing through you to others also.
1: Oh, you know, I I was so excited about being with you all, and I was so happy. I forgot to pass out our little sheets where you can write your prayer requests. This will only take a minute or two, but Dr. Malou and and Jason will pass these out. Just feel free to put down anything you want prayer for, and we will pass around our sign-up sheet at the same time, and then we have a few flyers. So, um, Dr. Malou and Jason, I'm going to have you go backwards, though, and get our flyers just to save time. Or Susan, maybe you could, somebody, Malou, can I have you guys just pass out the flyers and stuff? And um, that'll just save us time. We have lots of pens. If you guys run out of pens, we, um, so these are just some ministry flyers. And then um, if you'd like to get um, any any of our announcements, just put your name in your text in your email on the on the sign up sheet this should only take a minute or two literally